Tired of piecing your business forms together from an internet search? Tired of sealing all your business deals with a pinky promise? Looking for a way to add some formality and professionalism to your business relationships? Then you need Formally. Formally is a DIY legal form and template shop for entrepreneurs, small business owners, creatives, freelancers, dreamers, and side hustlers. All Formally forms and templates are drafted by an experienced, licensed business attorney and reviewed by a law professor. So, not to brag or anything, but our forms are pretty legit. So what are you waiting for? Throw those pinky promises away and try Formally today. your tea up in here we like it sugar free come through stop by get up with me with your girl sitting back i'm a little crazy Ooh, right here with me it's where you want to be let's get it Hey friends, welcome to the season one review session, Getting Really Real, with guest host, me. Yes, your regular host, Sydney Mack, has given up the reins to the tea party to me, her sister, Mackenzie Mack. I'm an MBA, LPGA, PGA golf professional, but today I'm just plain old sis, Sid's big sis. I wish I could sing y'all a song to open up the episode, well... I guess I can try because I love the song. Now, tell me, girl, how you like your tea? How you like your tea? Because it's sugar-free, sugar-free. Now, I know that doesn't sound exactly like the song, but it'll work for today. So today's episode, we will review season one. We'll be doing a recap of Sugar-Free Podcast top episodes, reviewing some of the best moments of the season, Asking Sid some of the questions we've been dying to know the answers to and answering questions that you've submitted to us all season. I will also be throwing in a few questions of my own because as big sister in this relationship, I need answers. So where is Sid, you ask? Sid is right here. But today, instead of serving the tea, Sid is in the guest seat. So she will be spilling the tea. Woo Chile. I can't wait for this. I feel like she's been exposing everyone else's business all season long. I'm ready to do some exposing myself. Y'all ready? Good, because I'm so ready. Welcome, Sid, to the Sugar Free Podcast. Please tell the good people who you are and what you do. Hey, friends. How you doing? It's so good to be back with you guys in the hot seat. So I feel like I really didn't go into a whole bunch of detail this season about who I am. So let's do it. Let's do it now. So I am an attorney and a law professor by trade. I also have a background in public relations and journalism and communications. But really at the core of my soul, I'm a podcast host. 
that's who I am. I am the host of the Sugar Free Podcast. And so I'm so excited to be here with my big sister, Mackenzie Mack, so that we can get into this season one review session. What you got for me? I just want to say I loved your podcast and I'm so proud of you. Um, it's been a goal of yours to start one and here it is. Here we are. And I get to be the Andy Cohen. So I'm even more excited to get this started. So my first question is, I get this all the time. Of course, I know the answer to this question, but the people want to know, is that you actually singing on the theme song? Uh, you tell me. Now tell me, girl, how you like it, tea? You know it's sugar-free. What y'all think? Is that me singing the song? Of course it's me singing a song. Who says they sing a theme song and they ain't actually singing the song? That is me on the theme song. I get the same question too all the time, but little known fact, I have been singing my whole life. And so my sister knows this and people who have known me since I was teenage years know that I grew up as a classically trained singer. So I've been trained in lots of different styles, jazz, contemporary, operatic. Um, I and my sister attended a creative arts school, like the fame school. And I grew up singing in malls, old folks homes, state fairs, you know, like the typical behind the music. I'm just waiting to blow up Fatty Coo. I don't know if y'all remember that show, Blowing Up Fatty Coo. These are going to be E.T. But when I blow up Fatty Coo, I just told my mom, I said, Mom, I need you to hold on to all my little tapes, my videos from when I was singing at the mall, at the old folks home, all that, because it's somebody's going to care one day that I can actually sing. So in answer to your question, yes, that is me on the theme song. How you like your tea? You know it's sugar-free. Beautiful. I, kn I knew it was you. And that's because I tried to be a doo-wop on the background um, that people don't know about. And so I completely understand how Soldier Boy felt on Donda when he got dropped. Because that's what happened to me. Um, ma'am, Soldier Boy was asked and invited to be. <laughs> you try to hijack your way into my song. So that's a totally different scenario. But we appreciate your fandom. I, I forgive you. Mm -hmm. Next question. <laughs> so before we get into some of the episodes, I want to know, why did you decide to do the podcast? Honestly, I decided to do the podcast for a few reasons. So the first reason is that I feel like I have really struggled with a lot of things in my 20s and in my early 30s. And a lot of them have to do with just the basics of coping with life. A lot of times I have felt like, man, am I the only one going through this? Like, I, I can't be the only person experiencing this. But when I would try to look for content that I could relate to, that I felt described my station in life and where I was at, I couldn't find any content that I could really connect with. I think the first piece of content that I felt like was really relatable to me was Issa Rae's Insecure because it was young Black women, college educated, with good jobs until Issa lost her job. But, you know, 
that's a whole nother story, but college educated, good jobs, trying to navigate dating, finding financial security, trying to figure out their place in life, figuring out how to attain the, the American dream that has become elusive to so many of us because life is so daggone expensive. Like, right. I got this college degree and I'm still living in a 500 square foot apartment with my boyfriend in the dunes. You know what I mean? And so I really felt like that was relatable, but there wasn't a ton of content out there that I felt like I could relate to. And so I was like, I really want to create something that not only I can relate to, but people my age can relate to. And so part of that is just being really honest. A lot of people are uncomfortable standing in their truth, but that's what makes great content relatable is that is the bare naked honest truth. And so that's why I created this podcast so that a we can stand in our bare naked honest truth and get comfortable doing so so that we can do better at relating with each other and so that I could create content that my generation could relate to. And then the other thing or reason why I started the podcast is because it's always been my dream of mine. It's always been something that I wanted to do. I honestly was too scared to say it out loud. And so as I told y'all earlier, I'm an attorney by trade. Before that, I did PR, was a communications in the sports and entertainment industry, and was an athlete, full ride scholarship athlete in college. And so the path that I've been on for a long time is just like this super practical path. The, the safe job of getting a lawyer. And I don't want to say the lawyer is a safe job per se, because it's, it's not easy, right? It's not easy to get here. But at the same time, you know, for the most part, that if you make it through the gauntlet of getting to this position, you're going to have a decent life. I can't guarantee that every lawyer is making a ton of money, but you know, you're not going to be living on the street. And so it just got to a point in my life where I felt like it would sound crazy if after getting all of this education, doing all of this work, I went to my family and said, I want to be a talk show host now, <laughs> you know, and you're my sister. So I, I don't know if you guys would have been supportive or not, but it just, I felt like the, the more practical road that I kept going down, A, I started feeling like I was getting further and further from my creative self and my creative roots, which is where I started, like I said, singing, acting, doing all that. But it just got to a point where it just didn't feel safe to say that, I'm willing to risk it all to be the next Popra, okay? But that's really what it was. And so that's why I decided to start the podcast so I didn't have to quit my, my job. I didn't have to give up all the things that I had been working for, but I could also provide myself a path and an avenue to pursue something that I'm really passionate about. And I think I have a real talent for. Well, there's no question that I would have supported you. I've always been trying to be your doo-wop girl in the background and your background dancer, I, I'm not as, you know, as talented, but I try. And I think that you talented girl, be, you just, you just uh, singing and dancing, just not your ministry. It's mm -hmm. not, but in my soul, I feel like it is. It ain't. So um, I'm just going to let that marinate there, but I'm proud <laughs> of you. I'm proud of you and you chasing your dream because you've always said you want to be Oprah. So I'm so, so proud of you um, for taking that step out. And for anybody that questioning like the honesty of this podcast, trust and believe. <laughs> she has been 100% honest. 
there's episodes that me and my mom will listen to and then we'll call each other and be like did you know that I didn't know that <laughs> what, where did that come from so that's because some things that only you and Jesus need to know so some of those things I was holding on for just me and Jesus but then you know I decided to open up the can of worms for the show but generally as you know as a woman in your life everybody don't need to know everything some things only you and Jesus are meant to know well your friends know now okay (laughs) so (laughs) next question what did you hope to get out of the show and have you gotten it I think so what I like I mentioned before what I had hoped to get out of the show is a real honest look and perspective at life in your 30s (laughs) and most of my guests have been in their 30s or maybe in their 40s and so I feel like each of my guests have been able to bring their real honest perspective about where they're at in their lives and every single one has brought something to the table that's 100% relatable and that's what I wanted I wanted like I said people in my age bracket to be able to see themselves in these conversations. And so between myself and my guests, we've been able to do that. And based on the response that I've received from people and the feedback, people see themselves here. (laughs) They see their hopes, their dreams, their fears represented in our words and in our episodes. So I say mission accomplished. Amen. So let's get into some of these episodes that I have questions to the fans have written in and sent questions to let's get to it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's start with season one, episode one, maintaining real friendship with Christina Braxton. First off, I have really like, yes, you couldn't have picked another place other than I have. First of all, I like I hop. First of all, so what we're not going to do is throw dirt on IHOP name because I like IHOP. And so I really like the Harvest Grain and Nut Pancakes. So for those of you out there who don't know, I don't eat meat and I haven't eaten meat in about six years. So my options for restaurants is limited, but IHOP has these Harvest Grain and Nut Pancakes. They are lit. Try them out. They're amazing. That's about all that I can eat there. (laughs) But in the episode, I was talking about how broke I was. So I'm not going uh, to IHOP to spend my whole check. I'm just going to get some pancakes. So yes, IHOP. Shout out to IHOP. If you would like to sponsor the Sugar Free Podcast, (laughs) we're here for it. Okay. I don't know if me and IHOP, the Sugar Free Podcast, are are brands online. So we'll have to review Oh, not anymore? Okay. (laughs) You gonna upgrade it? Okay, I see you. All right. Next on the list for this episode, you're kind of raggedy as a friend. From what I could tell, why? What do you have against the babies coming to the friend functions? Like, what's the problem? I'll accept that. I am very raggedy as a friend. Mm-hmm. I will accept that. <laughs> so you're not gonna try and do better. <laughs> <laughs> we just gonna take it in <laughs> as an L. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> well, I, in some regards, yes, I'm taking it as an L because I think we discussed a little about this on the episode. But I want to be unapologetic in my singleness, 
I want to be unapologetic in my non-mommyhood. And while I am not a mommy, I don't want to have the uh, added responsibility of having children in my aura while I'm trying to live my sex in the city, run the world life. And then that's really it. I love my friends. I love my mommy friends, but it's really difficult to have adult conversations, to go adult places, because this is a thing, right? In our community, we always talk about it takes a village. And so if I'm out somewhere and little Ray Ray out acting a fool, it's going to interrupt my evening because I can't just sit here and let Ray Ray act up in this place, right? Because I'm part of the village. So I don't want to be like, Ray Ray, sit down. Ray Ray, sit down. Ray Ray, stop doing that. Ray Ray, where are you going? Right? It's like, even if the parents are there, like I said, in our community, it's about this village mentality. See some, say some, reach one, teach one, each one, all of that. And I don't want to be reaching, eaching, and teaching while I'm out trying to get my high girl some on. That's really it. That's so fair. I'll be raggedy. <laughs> That's fair. Or, you know, if Ray Ray keeps running around, you know, maybe we need to get Ray Ray in line before he come out the house. So oh, that's not my, that's, I can't, I don't have nothing to do about that. <laughs> <laughs> so you say, you know, you'd rather not have friends that have kids. Would you date a man that has kids? No. <laughs> is, that, is that a deal breaker or is that of like, if Michael B. Jordan comes in with a kid, we'll consider it. Like where, where is that on the line? I, it's so interesting because I was just having a conversation with a friend about this the other day. And basically in some, she was like, girl, you're getting old. How many men you think you're going to find out here with no kids? And I was like, that is a fair point. I am probably eliminating a large portion of the dating pool at this stage in my life by saying, I don't want to date anybody with kids. She also brought up a great point of saying that she had a similar rule, but felt like her current relationship was the best relationship she's ever had because her partner had kids, because he had to grow and mature and he has daughters. And so she was like, I feel like he is softer. He is a better communicator. He is a better listener because he's had to learn kind of by force how to deal with women, <laughs> these little women. And so she's like, you may be missing an opportunity. And so as I get older and I'm back, you know, keep out in the dating cesspool, I may reconsider, but generally my position is and always has been no, because I don't, I don't want to be stepping into a ready-made family. I don't, I don't want all that drama. I don't want you to be like, oh, I can't, you know, go away for the weekend because I go watch my kid. I don't, you know, I can't hang out tonight because I got to watch the kid. Or do you want to stay in with me and the kid? And it's like the same similar principle with the friends. It's like, I'm, I'm still trying to have a hot girl summer and you may be fine and all Michael B, but your daughter cramping my style. So it, ugh, I don't know. I don't want to say that it's a deal breaker, but ooh, um, eh. I understand, but <laughs> I'm taking Michael B with 
all the kids. So. Well, you you go ahead and wrestle him from Lori Harvey. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> so, final question for this segment: What kind of friends are you looking for now after having this discussion with Christina? What friend you want now? The same friends that I was looking for before, single friends that don't have kids. You could have a boyfriend, preferably no husband, but just looking to have a good time and want to enjoy life. Friends who want to travel, who want to eat out at nice meals. So when I said IHOP, that was back in my the earlier days of my career. I can afford a little sum. I'm still not trying to go to... Mastro's is that what Christina had said I've never been to Mastro's I had never heard of it honestly before she had mentioned it but yeah I'm not doing Mastro's or anything like that but I can afford a little bit more than IHOP now and so friends who just like want to have a good meal who don't mind you know who have the extra income or money to spend a little money have a good time travel and just enjoy life absolutely you could be my friend you got some coins I'm your friend for life, so you can't get rid of me. (laughs) I'm accepting applications for new friends if you're interested. I'll let you apply. Uh, Okay. So (laughs) next episode that that we got a lot of comments on and had a lot of questions for was episode four, Getting Real Coin Part One, Saving for the Future. I was on the edge of my seat clutching my pearls the entire episode because when you said you hadn't saved anything for retirement, I was like, hold on, run that back, run that back. I didn't hear it all the way. Please tell me that has changed or we, we've evolved something. Tell me something, girl. So, okay. So we started filming the Sugar Free Podcast back in June. It is now October, right? And so as of June 2021, I had $0 saved for retirement. That is a 100% fact. Now on the episode, I did say like I have my emergency fund savings and all of that. So I'm not like just completely out here operating on God's promise, okay? But so before I... Went back to working as a regular nine to five girl. I was a full-time entrepreneur and I did that for three and a half years. And when you're a full-time entrepreneur, life comes at you real fast. <laughs> I was say, life comes at you real fast and things get expensive real fast. And I was just, money was coming in and money was going out. Honestly, if like I'm gonna be money was coming in, money was going out, and having those traditional markers of stability like weren't important. I was just really focused on making the money and making sure I could pay the bills. Um, and so when I was doing entrepreneurship, I was making a lot of money, but I was spending a lot of money. (laughs) Um, you had to invest in your business, you have to have all these things, and so retirement just wasn't something that I was thinking about because I thought. I'm going to be doing this and be making money forever. And then I decided, I honestly got burnt out and I just decided I didn't want to do it anymore. And I was like, I don't want to be working like a a slave forever. And if I don't want to do that, I need to start thinking about retirement. So I went back to nine to five life. And one of the things about nine to five life that I wanted to implement was things like having retirement, having a 401k. 
Unfortunately, going back to nine to five life meant I was making less money. So I didn't feel comfortable putting money in the 401k for a long time because I was like, I need all my check to, to survive. It was a real adjustment making considerably less money than what I had as an entrepreneur. And so I just didn't feel comfortable. And so that's why I still had no money in retirement as of that point. Um, but I am proud to say that as of October 2021, your girl got a retirement account. It ain't got a lot in it, but it's open and it got some in it. So I'm taking those baby steps forward that Kevin was talking about, like just getting the infrastructure and the framework in place and just starting to knock out little milestones every single month. And so I've committed to knocking out those milestones every single month because like he said, 10 years from now, I'm going to wish I had started today. Right. And so my account's going to look real, real different 10 years from now. So shout out to Kevin Matthews, because that episode really like had me questioning my life, especially when he started doing that behind the napkin math. Is that what he called it? Yeah. Back, back of the napkin math. And he told, he was saying if, if we had put a hundred dollars in what Google stock from the time we had graduated to now, we could have $75,000. I was like, bet. <laughs> right. I was like, what am I doing with my life? So I've also opened up my first investment account as well. And so I bought my first stock. So I, I really have been trying to get my life together. So shout out to Kevin. I hope y'all got some out of that too and decided to get shot, take control of y'all financial lines after Kevin pulled us all the way together. Absolutely. And she, you've been dragging me along that journey too. And yes. I invested in my first stock from that episode as well. So I'm yes. excited about that. And I, I'm, I've saved every penny I have at all times. So, um, I could relate to Kevin and, and could cut, tweak what I've already been doing. So I learned a lot from that episode and now you'll have some more money for your Perrier or Pierre. Is that what he called Girl. it? <laughs> like, oh no, he tried it. Like it's Pierre. Pierre. I was like, Ooh, there's where they do that at <laughs> I, I have no clue I don't know but <laughs> we're gonna have to get him some some Perrier yeah so, we'll and it, his a- story really brought a tear to my eye right and discussing the generational wealth and his journey to Hampton University with little to nothing and how he persevered and how he wants to make those changes for his his child with the box coming up <laughs> And <laughs> <laughs> the shade, <laughs> the shade. <laughs> so that really resonated with me because that's kind of what our mom did for us. And she sacrificed to make sure that we could live a better life now. And um, back then it was painful, you know, like their store clothes and, um, we couldn't get nothing to eat at the movies. Like <laughs> we no, the- we never had a soda at a restaurant ever. Like yeah, ever. it didn't matter what the occasion was. Don't you ever not order water? Always water. <laughs> Always, and I still do to this day. I think because of PTSD. Like I hear her say, "Don't you get that soda? Don't you get that soda?" So, but it was all for the greater good. Right now, right we 
We both have been able to purchase homes. We have no student debt and able to really grow and thrive. So shout out to Kevin for him giving, you know, doing that for his children and to mom. Thank you, girl. We appreciate you. Yeah, we are here changing lives at the Sugar Free Podcast. Look, starting with our own, like that is one thing I will say about the podcast. As many people who have said, oh, this episode really helped me. The podcast ain't helped nobody more than me. I promise you that. (laughs) All the advice that my guests have given, I be sitting here literally taking notes and implementing myself in my own life. So we really out here changing lives. And I'm so grateful. (laughs) Every week she changes. So another episode that got a lot of feedback was navigating real heartbreak parts one and two. So with this, I was dying to ask, when the girl came up to you and told you that she was seeing your man, did you slap her? Did you curse her out? Did you do anything? No. You sure didn't call me because you know I Pulling up. <laughs> I just needed a cuckoo. I would have been there. Look. So what, what happened? I mean, I I told the story on there. And so really what it was, was this relationship was so toxic. And this woman was not the first whisperings, murmurings I had heard of him being unfaithful. I just had never been able to catch him. And for anybody who's ever been in a toxic relationship with a person who's a gaslighter or a liar, they have a uncanny ability to twist reality. They will have you believing that the sky is purple if you let them. And that's a lot of what had been going on in that relationship. It was just a really difficult time because I didn't trust myself. Like I knew that something was wrong, but I had had so little faith in my own intuition at that point that I was allowing him to twist my reality and allow me to believe that this guy was purple. And so I hadn't been able to catch this man in in a lie. And we were together for almost on and off for four years. So this was a lot of time, a lot of history invested in foolishness. And so it was coming to a point in our relationship where I was kind of ready to go. I just didn't have the strength to go because I was like, I didn't feel like I had a reason. Like I had a reason, like, right. Like going, wanting to leave is enough of a reason, but I couldn't catch him in anything. Like I just, I was like, I need a reason. And so as crazy as the situation was I was low-key grateful that she finally gave me the tangible reason that I needed to get out of the relationship to get away from him and so on the one hand I was like you're really bold because obviously she knew about me even though I had seen and heard rumblings of different infidelity I didn't know anybody's name I didn't know any specifics. And so, but you knew me, right? Like you knew enough about me to know my name, who I was, where to find me. So you could roll up on me, right? You knew that we were together. So she had all these information and she still was engaging in this inappropriate relationship anyway. So I was like, on that front, I was like, you wrong, right? Like, like that's wrong. But on the other hand, I was just so grateful 
that she had finally provided me with the evidence that I needed to get out of that relationship and to move on that we ended up crying and hugging each other (laughs) because the thing that people don't realize too about toxic relationships and I realized this during our conversation is that he had been gaslighting her the same way he had been gaslighting me I realized that I was standing next to a woman who I shared trauma with and we had experienced trauma at the hands of the same person And so while I was upset with her, I also had this very deep level of compassion for her because I knew how much pain I had been caused throughout the course of that relationship. So I could only imagine how she had felt, how deeply pained she must have been. And so we ended up, I ain't never seen this woman again. Lene, like we calling Kiki and talking, but in that moment, it felt like a very much a, a sisterhood because it it was just painful. And I could tell she was hurt and she had been pained and she had been lied to just the same way I had. And so no, I didn't cuss her out. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> it sounds like she was, she, it was the, it was the sign you needed to, to break free. So that's good. And saying that it seems like you're good with handling heartbreak. And as your sister, I know that firsthand. I wish I could be like you and um, handling because I'm on the ground in a ball curled up. <laughs> like, don't call me. <laughs> don't message me. So how did you get so good at handling heartbreak? Well, first of all, I've had those moments too. So after that particular breakup, I remember sleeping on my best friend's couch for two weeks. I did not move. She was like, girl, are you going to shower because you're funking up my couch? (laughs) Um, So I've been there too, but I feel like one day she came in the room and I was sitting down eating takeout on her couch for like the seventh day. And she was like, how long are you going to do this? When are you getting up? She was like, you've suffered enough. I was like, you're right. (laughs) And that's, that's what best friends are for. Right. And so I was like, after everything I've been through in this relationship, I've suffered enough. Why am I inflicting more suffering on myself by sitting on this couch feeling raggedy? And so I think that was probably the first heartbreak, really true heartbreak that I had. And that was when I decided that I wasn't going to allow that man or any other to have that much power or control over my life. And that's really what it was about. I was like, you have already gotten your opportunity and it's passed. I'm not going to spend any more energy worrying about you. I'm not going to spend any more energy caring about what you're doing. We've already done that. <laughs> at the point at which I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. So that's the other thing. And so I know that you have been critical of me before about staying in relationships, but I don't leave a situation until I'm ready to go. Cause I don't do the whole makeup breakup going back and forth. We're not doing that. If I'm not fully ready to go, I'm not going to go. But when I leave, I ain't coming back. I'm over it. I'm done. So I think that I do some of my healing during the relationship and some of my grieving during the relationship. So the point at which you see me walking away, I'm not walking away a mess. I'm walking away like I have endured 
all I can endure. This relationship is not salvageable. I don't have a regret in my body, a, a ill will feeling in my bones. Like I am totally ready to move on. And so I think that has helped me. And then I also have an unwavering belief that I deserve happiness and I deserve all the things that I want in life, in a relationship from my partner. And I'm not going to find that being negative. I'm not going to find that thinking that I don't deserve it. I'm not going to find it thinking he ain't out there. I had a client once when I had my law firm who was a matchmaker. And she used to give me all the free tea, honey, all the free tea. And she would just be like, you have to be your biggest cheerleader in this dating game. And you cannot give up hope because if you don't believe that you can find what you're looking for, what's the point? And I was just like, oh, girl, you're so right. And so I have to have an unwavering, unshakable belief that I not only deserve what I want, but what I want is out there and I'm not going to stop till I find it. So, OK, heartbreak. You it happened. We cry about it for a day. Move on. I, I got things to look for. I got a man to look for. I got a husband out there that's waiting on me. You ain't it. OK, so he waiting on me. I got to get keep moving so he could find me. He ain't going to find me here thinking about you. That's so. fair. That's fair. <laughs> I still be on the couch crying, and you know that many a days you have to pull me out. And I appreciate it, and you're absolutely right. If you if you gotta stay steady, right, and stay positive at all times. So, you do, but you're allowed to have moments too. I think that people call it toxic positivity. I think it's healthy to feel what you're feeling, and so if in that moment you're not feeling it. You don't have to force yourself to feel it, but you should never, I, I think you should never give up on yourself because essentially it's, it's not about giving up on love. If, if you give up, you're giving up on yourself. You're giving up on the dreams and the goals that you have for your life. And for me, marriage, kids has always been part of the, one of the goals that I've had for my life. And I'm not going to give up on myself. And you shouldn't. And I'm not going to let you give up on you either. So get up, put some makeup on. Let's go. Okay. I'll, I'll make it, I'll get it together. <laughs> so also, also on there. So for that heartbreak episode, we had guest Daphne. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Daphne McGee. And she was talking about how she had a divorce, right? She got a divorce. Mm-hmm. And before she married her husband, she hadn't even kissed him or any of that. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I, I'm not, <laughs> I don't, cons- I try not to consider myself like, you know, loose, but <laughs> I, I, w- I was taken aback when I heard that, right? <laughs> like, this is a person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with and become one with. How do I do, how do I, how do I do that on that particular level? You know what I mean? So it was interesting to see, hear her story. What's your, what, what do you think? Well, I mean, if we run the tape back, (laughs) I wish, I wish this was like a real housewives where we could say, Andy, run the tape. And so we (laughs) can relive the moment. And so in that moment, when I watched the tape back, so it's so interesting watching yourself back on camera because I feel like I'm a, an expressive person. And so I don't always be knowing what my face be doing. And then when I watch it back, I was like, 
as soon as she said I had never kissed him, like I saw my face go, whoa, I was uh, shocked by that. I was shook. And she and I have been friends for almost 10 years now. And I didn't know. I didn't know. Like, that's the crazy thing. So I remember in our abortion episode, this episode, a lot of the people that I've had on this season were people that I've either know closely or loosely or but I known them. And so it's been so interesting because even with people that I know, consider friend, have these relationships with, I've never asked these questions before. We've never had some of these conversations before. And so I'm learning things about my friends in real time, the same with you. And so it's, it's been such a journey because you think you know people, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it, this show has forced even us as friends to ask questions and have conversations that we've never had before. And I can remember, like I said, Tiffany with the abortion episode, I remember very vividly us having a conversation in very close proximity to that happening, like very close proximity to that happening. And kind of being there for her through that. But even with being close to her, I never knew that that was the process for the procedure. You know, I, I had no idea those intimate details. And I think that we don't ask those questions, <laughs> even of our close friends, even of our family, of our members. sisters. Yeah. Of, of our... there, was, there was, there was episodes <laughs> where I, I was like, wait wait a minute yeah. and I had to come ask you like what when did that how did that happen like wait yeah. time out so I definitely understand yeah and so I hope that that's something that people have seen on the show is like in order to develop these intimate relationships with people and to really be vulnerable we gotta ask some questions <laughs> Some questions we're not asking and we have to be willing and vulnerable enough to answer them. Right. I think and that's most important too. And I think, I think a lot of your, the guests that you've had, although they've been your friends for a long time, they're out of those moments. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like post um, situation. So it's a little easier to answer those questions, a little easier to share um, yeah. when you're going through it. You, you're you're feeling so many things you don't necessarily want to be as open so yeah yeah so I I'm grateful to Daphne for sharing that moment with us and with me because that was something she had never shared before <laughs> like I said that was something I I never knew I I couldn't make it to her wedding because it was in the middle of bar prep but I was invited to her wedding I I knew x so and these are things I never knew before I know well, <laughs> we know today so another episode that I really enjoyed was episode eight, Dating Real Unapologetically. Yes. I really enjoyed it because I'm single, you know, I'm young. Me too, girl. And so <laughs> I, I need help, okay? And Japanese <laughs> was like giving me some real nuggets that I could implement. So shout out to her. Yes. Thank her for reminding us that we're the prize, right? We're the prize and we have to act like that. And one of the things she mentioned was we make things harder for ourselves, but easier for the man or whoever we're going after. And that really resonated with me. It's trying to make them comfortable while stressing myself out. I don't want to do that. 
Like <laughs> I honestly think now that I've had some time to think about it, that that's rooted in insecurity. Honestly, it's it's hundred percent rooted in insecurity. It's rooted in fear that if we don't make these accommodations, the man's going to go away. <laughs> you know what I mean? And rejection is difficult to stomach. No one wants to feel rejected. And I think that Jeffany has mastered not letting that fear get in the way or maybe not having it be present at all, not having that insecurity and not allowing it to control her and not caring about rejection. Um, I know for me, I think that rejection really settled in for me as being something that I was really fearful of after I started having alopecia. Right. And so I can can understand that. (laughs) I know we talked a little bit about dating with alopecia in the most recent episode, but to go from feeling super confident, like every time I walked in a room, I was like, oh, I'm the baddest chick. Every dude in here is looking at me. They want me to not even feeling like I wanted to look at myself. I was not ready to stomach the rejection from men and I wanted to feel beautiful I wanted to feel desired I wanted to feel wanted and so I was willing to be more accommodating and bend over backwards to have that feeling because I wasn't ready for rejection and I don't think that I had ever experienced that before having alopecia because I just I had that confidence I I didn't have it anymore Right. And I think it, it is insecurity. And in this day and age, I like ghosting is a thing, right? And is that insecurity on both ends, right? Everybody's afraid of getting rejected. So let me reject you first. <laughs> let me block you first before you block me. I don't know, child. I'm single for the first time in a long time. So... Let me get my my sea legs back under me before I can answer that question, Jeff. Don't ghost me. Just tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have a golden rule that I don't ghost people because I'm like, I'm not going to ruin my dating karma over you. And so if I don't want somebody to ghost me, then I can't be out here ghosting people. Like, I feel like everything you do comes back around to you. So if you've been out in these streets doing dirt, running around, doing things you ain't supposed to do, it's going to come back to you. And so even if people will ghost you, you hold steadfast to your principles and your morals because it'll come back to you. And I, I am a firm believer that with everything that I've been through, because I endeavor in all things and in all ways to be a good person to the best of my ability, God has always covered me. He never said that she was going to be insulated from all bad things happening. Unfortunate things happen, but it has never devastated me to the point that I couldn't bounce back. Like it was never more than I could handle. It wasn't that he wasn't always covering me and always making sure that I was good. And people have covered me too. People never forget when you have done something for them. I feel like I have angels out there praying for me, (laughs) covering me when I don't even know that I need covering, right? Like you can have people out there that are 
putting out fires you didn't even know was lighting up. And I feel like in order to get that, you have to give that. So I don't I don't do the ghosting. Mm-mm. Well, good. And one thing that Jeffany mentioned that really perked my ears is that she mentioned she hadn't had a bad date. And she hadn't received a bad gift. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know, ma'am. But like, <laughs> like she must be a guru because that, to me, that just seems like a unicorn, right? Like to never be on a bad date and never. I've experienced both more often than I would like. So how does that even happen? Well, I think it always goes back to the insecurity, right? Because if you aren't afraid of rejecting or letting people go, like you cutting a lot of that stuff off at the pass. We we ain't even allowing the raggedy man to get to my birthday to have an opportunity to give me the gift, right? The the gentleman that I described who I said bought me the liquor and the Cheez-Its, the reality is he shouldn't even have been in my life long enough to make it to a holiday to get me the Cheez-Its and the liquor, right? And so I think Jeffany has just mastered the art of not allowing people to stay in her presence longer than they need to be. And that's that's something that I'm still working on because if you are only allowing the right people with the right vibrations and the right energies, the people who really are rocking for you, they're not going to give you no cheeses and no uh, liquor for your birthday. That's, you do like cheeses though. So I'm going to give that to him. You do like you some cheeses. So. Uh, don't make me have to cut you. You don't want to end up where he ended up. <laughs> Listen, after that, I ain't never see that man again. <laughs> I'm sorry to this man. Shout Girl. out to Kiki Palmer. <laughs> okay, so on same on this episode. So we want to know, are you investing two to three years in a relationship without a ring? <laughs> like what what's what's your life looking like? Well, no. If I'm going to be 100% unapologetically me, sugar-free, sugar free, the answer to no that question Linda, is sugar-free. No, no stevia. No stevia. <laughs> is no. I do not want to invest two to three years in a relationship without getting a ring simply because I'm awesome. I'm amazing. And I'm not saying that every man I go sit down on a date with needs to be trying to marry me. But if we've been in a relationship for a year, year and a half, two years, and you still haven't decided where you at with this, that's a problem for me. <laughs> like, that's a problem. Like, what are we doing? Because if you don't know now, what is going to make me think that you're going to know at two years, three years? Like, if you don't recognize that I'm the ish, and you need to hold on tight and not let me go, then it's time for me to go. Like at this point in my life, I don't want nobody that is lukewarm about me. You either a fan or a hater. That's it. Like there is no middle. There is no gray. And that's same with my friends. I don't want no people who lukewarm about me. Either you are a hundred percent on team Sid, or you sit on the sidelines and that's it. So if you ain't a hundred percent on team Sid by year one, year and a half, what we doing? I'm with you. Got to go. And Miss Jeffany said he got to go in six to eight months. That's what she said. <laughs> she did. Yeah. She did. Well, the <laughs> other thing is this, and you tell me if you you tell me, but okay. I have never been in a relationship for two years 
and they be ready to marry me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if the length of time matters. We be in a relationship two, sometimes three years. So I've been in relationships. For, so for reference, I've been in relationships before that have lasted beyond two years without getting a ring. And we get to that point and they're still on the fence. Like I've never been in a relationship for two years where my partner has been emphatically sure about me. So what does that say, right? Like, what are we doing? On the other end of the spectrum, I've been in relationships only six months in where no questions asked. That's where this man knew the relationship was heading. And so to Jeffany's point, time isn't a factor. You, right. you know what you want from me pretty early on. So if we're two years in and you still ain't on Team Sid, I'm thinking you're never going to be. Right. I'm with you. And like, I think it was Daphne that said she needed to change so she could attract the person that she wanted. Right. And you mentioned being in longer relationships, not getting that ring, but now you see where you need to make some adjustments, right. To your insecurities, to, you know, those kinds of things. So now moving forward, maybe that won't be the case anymore. Right. Like how we, from this podcast, I know from listening to this episode, some dudes are going to get cut off real fast. Like this, we're going to be going through because, <laughs> because I'm not, I'm just not going to do it anymore after what, what you guys discussed. So I think that will play into yours as, as well too. I don't think there will be any more to your relationships with you without you getting everything that you want out of it. Well, the other thing is this, women are shamed into believing that there is an appropriate amount of time for dating before marriage. Like you should be dating for a year or two years before marriage. Why? Why? Or you should be dating, some people think, three or four years before marriage. Why? I know some people who have dated for 10 years before they got married and then broke up within a few months. I know people who have dated for six months and been married for 10 years. Right. And so I I think that we have fooled ourselves into believing that there's some magic number of years that you have to get to know somebody before it makes sense to enter into a marriage with them. And I do agree that you should take your time and getting to know this person before you enter into a marriage. But there comes a point of diminishing returns. Right. Like there comes a point when you either got to take the leap of faith or you just got to keep it moving. Like, how long are we going to do this? Not for two to three years. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So another thing that has been a staple on the sugar-free podcast is the quickie quick fire question. Yes. And um, <laughs> I'm going to be giving you all the shade and the faces you've been giving your guests <laughs> on the quickie fire question. <laughs> so uh, I hope you're ready. Okay, let's get into these sugar-free quickies. All right. First one, passion or money? Y'all already know what I'm picking, money. And why money? Yeah, because y'all already know I'm money-driven. One of our listeners wrote in the comments something that I resonated with 100%. And she said, this guy said that life is hard either way. 
And so if I have to cry, I'd rather cry in my bins than on a bicycle. And I said, amen. Yes. Like life is going to have its challenges either way. And so why would I choose potentially? Because there's no guarantee that your passion can't also include money. But if we have to choose right in this universe of either or if I have to choose why would I choose a situation where I'm poor where I'm crying on the bicycle like why why would I choose that for myself because the reality is this and I don't know if we delved into this too deeply on that particular episode but having the option to pursue your passion is a privilege that most people cannot afford how many people out there are miserable working a job that they're not getting rich off of, right? We paint this scenario where you're either pursuing this passion and not making a lot of money or you're pursuing money and you're not getting any passion. It's this either or situation. But the reality is how many people are out there working every day, working their butts off, miserable, making no money just to survive? Right. You can be out there working your butt off without having any passion in your life in a job that you hate because you have to survive. There is no guarantee that just because you take a lower paying job that you're going to be happy. Zero guarantee. So if the only thing that you're guaranteed from your job is getting that check every two weeks. They aren't guaranteeing you personal satisfaction. They're not guaranteeing you fulfillment, nor is it their job to. They've hired you to do a job. If you get personal satisfaction, development, fulfillment, great. That's a bonus. But the only thing they're guaranteeing you is the check. So if the only thing that I'm guaranteed, let me get all I can get from what you're guaranteeing me. Because like I said, I know plenty of people who are miserable and poor. Yeah, for me, my passion is money. So that's just where I stand. I don't think I talked about this on the show either, but I, I used to be the passion person until, so that story that I told about having to get my cervix removed and being awake for that procedure. The reason why I had to be awake is because my insurance wouldn't cover the asleep procedure, right? Like there are real world implications for being poor, (laughs) (laughs) Like that we don't talk about, right? There are negative impacts that poverty can have on your life and your ability to access certain basic needs, like access to proper health care, access to clean water in some cases, access to proper schooling and education, right? There is a real negative implication from being poor in this country. (laughs) <laughs> like Absolutely. you, you fearful for your safety, fearful for, for your life, fearful for everything. And I think that that was a real life-changing moment for me because I was like not having or making the kind of money that I want, being able to invest in my healthcare the way that I need to is now having a serious negative implication on my life. And I have had to go through this traumatic situation because I couldn't afford the less traumatic one. That's real. Yeah. That's real. <laughs> right. It's it's real. And so, yeah, give me the money. I'm, I'm going to lose my service anyway. So at least I can be asleep and be afforded a nice 
painless humane. At least you'll have the option, right? It'll afford you an option. And that's important. Next. Amen. Quick fire question. Yes. I already know the the answer to this one. You think you know, but you have no idea. (laughs) Back to the question. Okay. Um, Heels or sneakers? Okay. So the reason why I said you think you know, but you have no idea is because this is something we're going to talk about in season two. So yes, season two is already in production and underway, but I feel like the pandemic has changed me. And so historically, I have been a heels all day girl. Like in high school, I was a chick that wore high heels every single day. And when I say every single day, I mean every single day. Like that was me. If you caught me at work, I'd be in heels every single day. That's just my stilo. But since the pandemic has hit, I've been inside. I've invested in a whole line of Nikes. I wear sneakers every day and it's comfortable over here. <laughs> I've been saying that for years. <laughs> and you've been bad me in my, in my sneakers. Well, because sometimes your sneakers need a little shine, shine. Like I'm talking about the fly, the fly ones. I bought me some, I've invested in some fly. So I got the Air Maxes. You know, I got, I got me a nice little lineup. So I'm going to go with sneakers. Okay. You got a nice lineup of heels too. Let's not get it twisted. I do, but that was from me pre-pandemic. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Next quick mm-hmm. fire question. Would you rather be rich or famous rich yeah yeah i'm i'm with you because like <laughs> the the famous people they got to deal with all the the social media and a lot of that stuff there's a lot of billionaires that we don't even know who they are and they live in their best life doing their thing and that's that's kind of what i want to do well i think about it this way being famous doesn't guarantee you wealth it does not. <laughs> right. Like how many, I think that not. fame gives you a platform to be able to create wealth for yourself, but it's not guaranteed. So what's the point of having all this attention? If again, you can't afford. MC <laughs> Hammer, he famous. <laughs> well, he ain't been that kind of famous in a while. Like he's infamous now. I well, feel he like. was famous, <laughs> but he was broke. <laughs> he was, but I'm just saying like, Part of the allure of being famous is that you're also rich and you're living this lifestyle. But if you are living under a box or crying on your bicycle and you're famous, who cares? Well, some people like the attention, right? Some people like the attention. So that's not you. Is that what you're saying? I like attention too, but not more than money. Mm -hmm. Okay. Fair. (laughs) Next question. Okay. You already said Michael B. Jordan with, with kids is a no. So for this yeah, question. Lori can keep them. Mm. It is Michael B. Jordan with no kids or Lori. Okay. <laughs> or <laughs> Aldis Hodge. Aldis Hodge all day. Can, can you please, for the people, tell them who he is? <laughs> <laughs> Not for me. I had a friend <laughs> ask me, who, who is that man? 
all this was in one night in Miami, the story, you know, with I've seen one night in Miami. Yeah. So who was um, he in one night in Miami? He was Jim Brown. Oh, okay. He was Jim Brown. Tall, dark and handsome. So the reason why I picked him is because I've always had a thing for a nice little dark brown chocolate drop. Always. And he's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah, you'll have to, um, in the video, cut to his face so we know. (laughs) Y'all can Google him. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Last quick fire question. If money, education, anything was no object, what would you be when you grew up? Host of the Sugar Free Podcast. You already did that. So what's next? (laughs) Well, you asked me if money were no object. What I'm doing right now is what I would be doing. I just would be able to do it without having 50, 11 jobs. (laughs) So for anybody who's interested in podcasting or getting into content creation, it's literally like low key, a part-time job. It's a lot of work. (laughs) And I was like thinking to myself the other day, I was like, wasn't, wasn't this used to be a career choice? Like when, when did content creation, production, editing, no longer become a career path? It's a hobby now. It is not, it is not a hobby. It's, it's a job. And so for this particular podcast, I am literally a one woman show. Everything that it takes to bring these episodes to fruition every week, it's me. So I'm booking guests. I'm doing show notes. I'm planning out seasons. I'm editing audio. I'm pulling clips from video. Everything I'm doing. And I'm like, didn't I go to school for this? (laughs) Because my undergraduate degree is from the Scripps Howard School of Journalism and Communications. So I literally went to school for this. And I'm like, dang, they not paying people to do this work no more. They are. Okay. Well, that's that's what I want to do when I grow up. Okay. Well, one woman show, you killed this season. Let me tell you. Thank you, you, boo. I was into every episode, every guest, every topic. Um, I'm so proud of you for chasing your dream and just killing it. Nailed it. Check it. Yes. And tell the people, is there going to be a season two? Of course, there's going to be a season two. So like I just said, we're already in production for season two. And so y'all know I'm a professor. So I try to film during my break. So we'll be filming during the winter break and then we'll be back in 2022. But in the meantime, I'm never going to leave y'all high and dry. We're just going to be posting episodes every single week, bonus content, look out for season one, the remix with different offers, different promos, different intros, life updates about where I am, where my guests are. So we're still going to be here every single week, dropping new content for you until we hit these season two streets okay can you give us a a little bit of info about what we can expect for season two any hints no just more conversation more kikiing more 100% honesty and vulnerability and of course plenty of exquisite tea that's 100% sugar-free sounds good to me I can't wait it 
I know. Thank you so much for joining me here today. If you need a gig as a, a host, call me. You can apply for that application too. It's open and available. Thank you so much, Mackenzie, for joining us this week as the guest host. You did an amazing job. Thank you for taking us all on one last ride for season one. It's been an amazing season. It's been an amazing ride. And I couldn't think of a better way to end this season with my best co-homie, my favorite Kiki partner, my sister. Now, she wasn't giving to you all the way sugar-free, but she she came through and... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this if y'all heard some of our non-scripted, non <laughs> non-film conversations, y'all would be on the floor laughing. But we definitely I like Splenda MIT. That's okay. This is the first, the first time. So season two, when we do that recap, she'll have a little bit more. Maybe she'll be ready for Stevia. You know, we'll be working her way up the chain right on up to sugar free. But thank you guys so much for tuning in and hanging in there with us. The response from the show has been absolutely amazing and incredible. We would not have been able to make it to episode 14 without you. And we are onward and upward from here. So now tell me girl, me girl. No, too much. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and so make sure you tune in next week for some amazing outtakes, episodes, bonus cuts, and also for plenty more tea. That's 100% sugar free. Woo chow. Mm hmm. What a show. We shared some good old tea today, didn't we, friend? Thank you for your presence. I truly enjoyed you at the tea party. And we appreciate you sipping on some sugar-free tea with me, your host, Sid Mack. Until next time, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Sugar Free Podcast or at Sugar Free Pod. You can also visit our website at www.sugarfreepodcast.com. See you again soon, friends. And be sure to keep the tea party going, a with plenty of tea that's 100% sugar-free. Tired of piecing your business forms together from an internet search? Tired of sealing all your business deals with a pinky promise? Looking for a way to add some formality and professionalism to your business relationships? Then you need Formally. Formally is a DIY legal form and template shop for entrepreneurs, small business owners, creatives, freelancers, dreamers, and side hustlers. All Formally forms and templates are drafted by an experienced licensed business attorney and reviewed by a law professor. So, not to brag or anything, but our forms are pretty legit. So what are you waiting for? Throw those pinky promises away and try formally today.